Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. This is episode number 444 with Jennifer Lair, Rebuilding Trust and Intimacy After Betrayal. Hi, everybody. I'm Sandy Weiner, and welcome back to Last First Date Radio, where we believe that a woman of value naturally attracts the respect she deserves in life and love. And if you're looking to build up your confidence and show up more authentically in your life, I wrote a book just for you. It's called Becoming a Woman of Value, How to Thrive in Life and Love. And it's filled with 30 tips and exercises and stories to help you step more fully into your value. It's available now on Amazon for Kindle or paperback. And this week's tip on becoming a woman of value from the book is be the love you wish to find in the world. We often are looking for something that is so removed from who we are. And the thing that you have control over is who you are and how you show up. So if you want more love, be more loving. If you want more kindness, be more kind. And I guarantee you that it's going to shift your mindset, it's going to shift your vibration, it's going to shift how you show up in the world. So my challenge to you this week is, what's one step that you can take towards being the love you wish to find in the world? Before I bring Jennifer on, I invite you to join our Facebook group. It's called Your Last First Date, and it's a fantastic group for women over 40 who are willing to be in a positive space, uh, a positive safe space. So many groups that support women who are single end up being uh, bitch fests. <laughs> I can't even say it any other way. It's just like a cancerous place to um, like a cesspool of, of complaints and bitterness and victimhood. And that is absolutely not allowed in my group. Yes, it's a place to share your struggles and to share your triumphs, but it's a place to be guided towards your last first date. So if, you're, if you want that kind of group, come and join us. And now for my guest, Jennifer Lair. She has been helping couples build solid, connected, and loving partnerships for nearly 20 years. She has three blogs, and they're designed to help people improve their lives and relationships. And we'll have some links to those blogs in the show notes. She also writes and speaks about her relationship with her husband from a difficult beginning to creating the beautiful relationship that they have today. Welcome to the show, Jennifer. Well, thank you. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> so, um, well, I, of course, got curious about what happened with you and your husband. So why don't we start where, okay. like, you had a difficult beginning, if you don't mind just sharing a little bit about that. Yeah, I'm actually in my second marriage. Uh, and my first marriage was difficult the whole way through. <laughs> and um, I'm laughing about it now. It wasn't so funny at the time. Um and I learned, but I learned a lot and I did a lot of, um, I became a therapist in that marriage. I did a lot of training. I worked with a lot of couples. I was in my own couples therapy. I was in my own therapy. So it was a massive lear- time period of learning. Um, but when I met my, the person who became my second husband, it was actually pretty, it had a really, um, we had a lot of chemistry. It was like a hot and heavy start. Um, but we, when we burned through the initial love chemicals and we we're into like the real, what is this relationship uh, part? We found that we triggered each other. And um, 
in very specific ways. And uh, both of us had wounds and our wounds would trigger each other. So we did about, um, I'd say we did a year or two of couples therapy every other week. And we, and also I was writing We Can Sell at the time and Mike, my husband was reading it and editing it. So we were immersed in uh, couples theory, relationship theory, attachment theory, uh, how to, you know, and we talked about a lot of the stuff that we were, you know, working on what I was writing and we were able to, and I had a lot of skill at that point also. So we were able to uh, learn to reach towards each other, other when we were upset and we were able to talk about what was going on and um, uh, start uh, linking our two different worlds instead of um, feeling like uh, they were clashing. And so we, yeah, we have a great relationship. We've been together almost 13 years now and um, a very, it's mostly 99% of the time, very easy um, so that's good to know and good for everyone to look forward to. <laughs> yeah, well, we have a lot of people who listen who have been married at least once and a lot of people have given up hope. So I love, I love that at the point when a lot of people split, you worked it out. And I think that's an important message that, you know, if, if both parties are willing to put the work in and can get past their own triggers, it's, it, it can work and you can actually have a better relationship, a deeper relationship than you ever imagined, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, the whole, it's the whole, you have to re, you heal each other in the process. So yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's exciting to, to heal, <laughs> you know, to not, to let go of childhood wounds, to not be identified by them any longer. And I remember when I was first dating after my divorce, I, I was identifying with victim stories, you know, oh, and oh, poor me, and oh my God, my marriage, and and man, I, I so don't do that anymore, but it, it's, and I get so turned off by people who do that because it's like, okay, it's time to do the work and let's move on. But right. so many people are stuck there. So right. it's, it's, this is crucial work. And, you know, it's like in any relationship, whenever you look at what's going on, there's the yours, mine, and ours. And I think we all have to take responsibility for what's ours in order to heal the relationship. Right. Yeah. Because if you're putting it all on the other person, you're not going to get as, you're not going to get that far. No, blame, yeah. blame and shame. Not, not yeah. so good. Yeah. So let's talk about infidelity. Uh, let's, let's start with your definition of what constitutes infidelity. So, um, you know, the dictionary definition is unfaithfulness, but that comes, you know, the etymology comes from, you know, many, 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 many years ago when, when people were somewhat different and, um, the societies were different and rules were different. And now at this time, for me, an infidelity is when you are um, emotionally unfaithful. You're doing something with someone that you wouldn't want them to know about. You aren't transparent about. That's um, feeding you in a way that's excluding the other person who's your real, your primary partner. And that's that's, it doesn't matter whether it's sexual or emotional or what it is, if it fits in those uh, categories or those ways of being, then it's, it's, a, it's some form of infidelity. 
Interesting. So a lot of people betray in that way, especially with, with online stuff, you know, and I, I, I know many couples where the woman has this intense relationship with somebody who's not her husband and tells him things she wouldn't share with her husband and does it behind his back. So, um, yeah, so can you tell us a few ways, because we have we live in this modern world with technology, how, how people are emotionally unfaithful? Well, they're, so they're too, um, so the first question is, why are they connecting with someone else um, instead of connecting with their, their partner? What is going on there? Um, because there's always a reason, whether it's an addiction or they aren't willing to roll up their sleeves and deal with what's going on in their primary relationship, but something's going on there. And so if people, if you're, um, you know, looking for emotional connection with someone because you don't really have it with your partner, it's a big red flag. What's going on with your partner and you? What do you need to look at? What do you need to work out? And are you aware that you're actually doing something that would be hurt, that is hurtful to your relationship and would hurt your partner? So that sort of has to be looked at. And, and people know if, the, I mean, people get defensive, but you know, if you're sort of doing something that you don't want your partner to know about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually have confessed that I had um, emotional infidelity in my marriage. And for many, many years, uh, I just felt very alone in my marriage and I couldn't work anything out and he wasn't paying attention. He wasn't willing to do the work. And it happened without me even realizing it was happening. Um, I went away for the summer to work in a sleepaway camp with my kids. Somebody paid a lot of attention to me, made me feel seen. And I was like this hunger that I had, that I had shut down and didn't even think I had a need for suddenly got met. I mean, the guy was, he was a jerk and he wasn't right for me. And there's so many other things, but he woke me up to the importance of having my needs met and knowing that my marriage really just wasn't the right place. So I stopped it before it became a total affair, uh, physical infidelity, but I, it was my wake up call and it got me to leave my marriage. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really, really common where it happens and then you're like, oh, I see what I'm missing. And, mm -hmm. and it's a wake up call to do one of two things, go, okay, my marriage is over, this isn't, isn't working, or my husband and I, or my wife and I, my partner and I have some serious work to do. But Jennifer, what are, what are some ways that people are emotionally unfaithful? Uh, there's quite a few ways actually. Mm -hmm. um, Certainly getting involved in, with someone in a, on a, on, online in a chat room or uh, even in a, you know, even on a Facebook group, it could happen. I mean, it's getting involved uh, at work, um, someone you work with, um, someone you have coffee with, and not to red flag these relationships. I mean, everybody needs multiple relationships in their lives. It's just when you're having, when you're doing things that you don't want your partner to know about or would hurt your partner or are nourishing you at the expense of a relationship with your partner, that's when it's um, problematic. Yeah. So yeah, there's um, lots of ways to-, to So it's the, the, the secretive nature of it and the fact that it could hurt 
because people do have friendships and I know that there's often jealousy in relationships where somebody feels that you shouldn't have any friends. And I've had people call me for a consultation because the guy that they are engaged to still flirts heavily with women. And to me, that's a huge red flag. Like if he's not respecting that, right? Yeah. Well, first of all, flirting heavily is very different than having a, a friendship where you have coffee and you discuss, you know, politics. <laughs> I mean, those are two very <laughs> different things. So what is the energy between the two people? Is it sexual? Is it, oh, you're so attractive? That's, that's not okay. Or is it, yeah, I like your mind. I like talking to you. I trust you. You're fun. I enjoy your presence, but you're not interfering with my relationship, my connection with my partner. Yeah. Very different. And when somebody makes a request and says, this is upsetting to me, um, it makes me feel disrespected, um, unloved, unseen, whatever, and the person continues to do it or dismisses or gaslights or whatever, that's a big issue. Yeah, because the whole point of being in a relationship is to understand each other's wounds and sensitivities and help that other person feel that you've got their back. Yeah. And if you don't have their back, then, you know, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, many people just fall apart with infidelity. So, so let's talk a little bit about why it's so devastating to so many. Well, this is where we get into attachment theory, of course. You know, we are, we bond, we're mammals, we bond. We need to know that we're important, that we're valued, that our partners are accessible, that they're responsive, that they're engaged. Um, we need to know that we won't be abandoned. We need to know all kinds of things. And um, so when someone, you know, if there's an infidelity, we've just been, it's a tsunami. We've just been blown out of the water because our biological need to feel safe and secure in relationship has just been um, really um, broken. Yeah. It's, it's, and we, we want to, uh, relationships require vulnerability and you can't be vulnerable if you can't trust and if you don't feel safe. So it's very, very basic that um, you need those things and that an infidelity is going to shatter um, those needs. Yeah. So we need to rebuild. If, if the marriage or the relationship is to be saved, how do we begin to do that? So this is where you get into um, very specific things that need to happen. The person who cheated will have to be able to have remorse, not I'm sorry I cheated, but I'm sorry for the pain. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry I broke your heart and my heart is breaking because I broke your heart. It has to be that level of remorse. And because it has to be felt, it has to happen on the emotional level. So that is the first thing that has to happen. The, the, and the partner that cheated will have to be willing to, whether they, uh, to do whatever is required. Yes, you can check my phone. Yes, I'll tell you the story a hundred times if you need to hear it a hundred times. Yes, I'll apologize a hundred times and I won't be defensive and angry and resentful. That, that person who cheated will have a lot to do in terms of making it um, being different than they were. And then on the other hand, the person who was cheated on has to know that they want to trust again. 
and has to know whether they can or cannot at this moment that they would like to eventually be able to forgive. So both those pieces are really important. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I love that um, because it's not just one. It's and, and also if the relationship, I imagine like if it fell apart for a reason then there's there's work to be done. So it's not just, oh, hey, I totally get it. I would cheat on me too. <laughs> um, but it's like, yeah, that this is this is not the way to handle it. Um, I remember speaking to somebody who cheated multiple times on her husband and she said, well, you know, he was depressed. So do you blame me? And I'm like, yeah, because you had other options. So it's it's not, yeah, you know, I understand that you didn't, really enjoy being in that relationship, but there were other ways that you could have handled it. And right. um, which is why I left my husband. <laughs> you know, I, I knew that the way that I wanted to go was not to go into a relationship with somebody else that that was like, oh my God, I got here. This, this, is, this is something I need to look at. Right, exactly. So yeah, so like the, your, your example lady, I mean, that's someone who's very involved in her own needs mm -hmm. to the exclusion of being able to consider, well, I have a partner. And even if this is a difficult chapter, that doesn't mean I can't find a way to um, be with this person. And uh, yeah, sometimes we're required to not just be nourished, but to nourish the other person. It's not like it's always about me. <laughs> really? No kidding. Shocker, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, you mentioned something I wanted to, to address too. And you said, you know, if somebody wants to hear the story a hundred times. There are a lot of people who say, don't, don't go into the nitty gritty. Don't go into the details. And I know when I went through this, my husband wanted to know everything. Tell us a little more about your, what you said about, you know, if somebody asked you to keep repeating the story. Right. So, um, well, I'm thinking in terms of a relationship that it has the potential to move forward, mm -hmm. uh, which sounds like yours wasn't that particular situation. No. But if you're in a relationship that you want to move forward uh, through, the person who's been wounded often has to, uh, wants to figure out why did this happen? How did this happen? Why did this happen? How did they need to like build ground under their feet? Cause they, it's like the rug got pulled out and they don't understand and so there's going to be often a need to know, and it's not always great to hear every little detail, but some people do have that need and they cannot find the ground they need until they, till their partner is willing to say, okay, I'll give you a blow by blow and it's not going to be fun or pretty for you, but if you want it, we, I'll give it to you and then we'll work through it. It's better than the partner saying, I'm not going to tell you. It's not good for you. It's another withholding. Mm -hmm. And the per, if you're working it out, you can't be withholding or defensive. Yeah. And I like the way you said it because it's, it's with boundaries. Like, yes, I will tell you if you need to know, and then we'll work through this. It's right. not just, and then I'll repeat it 60,000 more times and tell you 8,000 more details. And because I can imagine that that just, becomes a, a big fight each time instead of really adding to the value of the, of the relationship moving on. Yes, although 
you know, it, the, we've got, this is a tricky situation because there's two sides because what, what can, end, and this, I've seen this happen before where I'm thinking of a couple where one person uh, betrayed the other person. And um, what the betrayer did is he said, in this case, it was a he, he said, I'm, I'm not going to talk about it anymore, which left the betrayee not, no place to, because she wasn't done dealing with the images and the feelings and the whatever she had to do inside. She wasn't, and so that's a stonewalling mm -hmm. and that's a problem. So it is a tricky place because you don't wanna, I mean, you don't wanna, you know, it can't be about that. There's a reason they need to know again and again. And it's understanding why do you need to know again and again? Mm -hmm. What's going on that this is important that you need to know again and again? And because it might be a valid reason that they're trying to do something inside to reorganize something and go, oh, wow, this really did happen. And maybe they need to hold on to the shock a little longer to really get something went really wrong and I don't understand it and I need to understand it mm -hmm. is how I would put that. Yeah, I like the questions because that's what was going on in my head is what questions can you ask the partner about, you know, the need to know, because I think that helps too. It's like, we want to get some clarity about why do you want to know? What do you want to know exactly? Otherwise it's, you know, it could feel like it just, it's exhausting. Well, know? it can, but you also don't want to protect the affair. Mm-hmm. So you have to be willing to say, I'm not gonna keep hiding from you. If you need to know, I'll So again, it's tricky, but you don't wanna, this is a part I'm not sharing with you and you can't have it. Um, mm -hmm. It's not gonna help rebuild a relationship. Yeah. So, and, but if you're with someone who's especially jealous or you know has a certain particular kind of wound, they might need to hear it way more than, and often, the person who's been cheated on does need to hear it way more than the other person's comfortable with. I mean, that's really mm -hmm. common. Yeah. Um, I'm just thinking of a couple I know who they are just really unhappy together. Both of them have cheated and both of them think they're right in the way they cheated. <laughs> it was just fascinating to see like just so much contempt and stonewall, like every every Gottman, you know, horse of the apocalypse has shown up right. in this relationship. Right. And I remember her coming to me and saying, you know, my, my husband had an emotional affair with somebody and I found, you know, his communication and how dare he. And I said, you slept with somebody like, where's the disconnect here? So yeah, have you seen couples like this where they both felt justified and they both cheated in different ways? Uh I'm not thinking of anyone specific, but I know I have. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you, it's, you get into this, uh, I don't know, it's really, there's a selfishness going on where they're, everyone's trying to fill their own needs and not be accountable. And you got to be accountable. It's not just about filling your own needs. Like you have to be able to say something, I've done something wrong or something is wrong with me or something is wrong with this relationship and I'm a part of it. You can't just go, well, you did that, so I get to do this, and yours is worse than mine. As soon as you're in that, you might as well just say, you know what, forget the relationship, go back to individual therapy, and get your shit figured out. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, that, that accountability piece is huge. And in any relationship, you know, I, years ago, I had a problem with my daughter and I went for coaching. I went to find out how can I be a better mom? What can I do differently? Right. We have to take responsibility for our share or nothing happens when, you, when you're stuck in that blame and shame place, you know, which right. we talked about at the beginning. Yeah. Um, well, so let's say, okay, the infidelity is out and we are working on forgiveness. And now where do we go with the relationship? What changes? Well, you're going to have a whole new relationship because the old one's toast. It's been destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll start with that. Um, you'll both be much more, assuming you're doing this, you know, in a way that's productive, you're both going to be much more aware of how connected you are, um, whether you're attending to each other, um, how re responsive you are. You're both, your awareness of each other is going to shift. You're both going to look at yourselves, your each yourself, not the other person. When you get defensive, when you start hiding, you have to. The awareness has to amp up because you can't do it the same way, or you you won't have a relationship. You actually both have to grow and create a new relationship, and that's really the whole point. Um, it either breaks you apart, or you change and and take make it um, change who you are, how you are, how you relate, and create a much better relationship. Yeah. And so how often are people able to really repair this way? Because you see so many relationships, they're permanently damaged. Yeah. Uh, I don't have a number. Um, <laughs> I really don't know. Um, uh, I think some people can repair for sure. Uh, it has to do with their capacity to look at themselves, both partners' capacity to look at themselves, their capacity to grow, that they are mature enough that they want to grow. Um, you know, like, why did my first husband and I not make it? I, I dragged him to couples therapy for, for, before we got married. I did. I dragged him off. And I was, I was like, let's do this. And he went, but because he didn't want to lose me, but he didn't want to be there. He didn't want to uncover. I, I'll tell you exactly what it was. He didn't want to uncover under his anger was shame. And his shame was too painful to go into. And because he wouldn't address that, he lived in a way that was never going to be emos emotionally connective enough for me. And that was the, basically the kiss of death. And it was a period of, you know, great. I was, we were married 11 years. I think we were together 14 years. So it was a long time building and coming. And I, you know, was growing and he, he was growing differently or not the way I was. And it was inevitable at some point, it wasn't going to work. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And that's, that's important to recognize. You know, I think in the dating world, too many people choose a partner who is, not the right partner and then try to make him into the right partner. <laughs> I, women do that much more than men. I think men yes. are like, you know, just don't ever change. And the women are like, yes, now please change. Yeah. So it's, it's just important to see, you know, for me now as a woman dating after divorce, one of the most important things I look for is the willingness to grow and being, being, having a process being able yeah. to process emotions, being able to admit when you're wrong and work things out. Because how we repair, and this is evident in our conversation today, how we repair is, is even more important than what happened in the first place. You know, it's like we, 
things get screwed up. We make mistakes. We hurt each other's feelings, but how we fix those things and make better. Yes. That that is really where it's at. It's, um, and I like that, what you said about when you're dating, you do want, if you find someone who can't, you know, feel their emotions, uh, that's really, that's going to be really hard. You're setting yourself up for a hard, you know, situation. You've got to find the pe- person you're with has to be able to experience their emotions has, and not just their upset, angry, poor me emotions. I mean, a whole repertoire of emotions and they have to be able to have empathy. They have to be able to communicate. There's like some big have tos that are really, really important. If you want to find someone you can make it go long-term with. Absolutely. I totally agree. And it's, it's actually how I run my Facebook group. I, I just posted something yesterday about how we should empathize and not advise because we don't know somebody's situation, but we can give them empathy and we can help support, but we have no right to say, yeah, you know what? You should run away from this relationship. Don't do this, do this. And so many groups are not run that way, but it's, I'm trying to yeah. model yeah. how to be in relationship, how to communicate yeah. better, how to empathy and compassion for each other. Right. So yeah, really important. Uh, Brene Brown has this great little cartoon video. I don't know if you've seen it It, with the little cartoon characters. One of them's down in the basement, basically. Have you seen it? Empathy and sympathy. Yeah. Yeah. With the, the, (laughs) and then the one comes, the other one comes down and is with that. And then the the goat or whoever it is sticks his head down. Ah, what are you doing down there? It's like the, anyway, for people who haven't (laughs) seen it, it's a really good um, illustration of the difference between sympathy and empathy. Yeah. Yeah, just being with somebody. Yeah. I love that video. I'll find a link and I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. Okay. Um, Jennifer, this is such a great conversation. I, 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 love, I love what you shared and it's, it's practical, but it's also hopeful mm-hmm. that with the right skills and the right desire to grow and change, we can really work through just about anything in relationship. Yeah, yeah. Um, so thank you. And um, share how people can find you. I know you have a, a free gift for our yeah. audience, a quiz. Okay. Yeah. So um, you can find me on W-E-C-O-N-C-I-L-E, weconcile.com, which is a relationship educational program that's turning into an app. <laughs> and <Yay>. um, <laughs> yes, um, we're in the middle of that right now. Um, and on that, I have a blog with a ton of articles, including an article on infidelity, surviving infidelity that you could scroll through and find, but you can go to weconsult.com slash quiz. And I have a relationship, a 10 question, very quick relationship quality quiz on there. And you can find me at, on Instagram at weconcile, Facebook at weconcile, um, that kind of thing. So yeah, I'm out there. Great. Yeah. Thank, thank, you. thank you. Yeah. I know it's for the work fun. you do. Yeah. yeah. And thanks everybody for listening. If you love our show, please rate and review us. It always helps. And we hope you go on your last first date very soon. 